What's going on out there, guys? This is episode 27 of the Heroes Home Base Podcast. This is Mark. This is Rob. Hey, this is Rich. Fellas, fellas, fellas. Man, it feels like we haven't recorded in like a century. We've been busy. So we have, we have indeed. We have indeed. What's been going on, fellas? Let's just do a little catch-up action here. Mark, you? I, I, and I've said this on the show before, and I'm probably going to say it again once I continue reading it, but I'm 100% absolutely obsessed with The Court of Owls. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm obsessed. Nothing I am. to be sorry about. Are I'm you that- converting to DC, my friend? No. <laughs> But you've never heard me talk about Batman this way before. And any, but in this story is just so excellent and so well-written. So I obviously we talked to Greg Cox and read his book, which is like the continuation of Zack Snyder's story. And that, again, you know, I, I Scott gave Snyder. Scott, Scott, Scott Snyder. Scott we'll Snyder's get to Zach a little bit later. Scott Snyder's story, <laughs> and I raved about that. But I read volume one of mm-hmm. the first the beginning of the book and just it was incredible the book was just so well written and i just got to see everything how it all began with so the Mark, court of vowels and it was i actually just- pushed pause on cox book and rich loan being volume one and two so i was going to read those first and then pick it back up yeah do so because i read volume one and I, I couldn't put it down i read it in like a half hour it was great yeah it was and then read. and then I'm going to pick up volume two this weekend. And how I got volume one is I purchased it off Amazon and I got the Court of Owls book and mask set. So I have my mask hanging above my comic book stand. And it's very, very cool. I have it hanging here and I'm just, this story has just captivated me and it's really, really great. I love the story and I just, this this is what kicked off the new 52. And I can say that I'm so glad that it did because- Scott Snyder did such a great job. Did you, uh, so once you read the second part, are you going to go back and reread the end of Greg's book or did you already do that? No, I mean, I, I pretty much, once I read the first volume, I could, I picked up on it in my head. Yeah. So I knew where Greg picked up from it. Yeah. So no, I didn't, I don't, I didn't need to, but I just can't wait to get into volume two. Yeah. Kind of leaves you on a big time cliffhanger. Big time. Yeah. Excellent story. So what's going on with you, Rob? Anything new? Um, you know, just adjusting to working in a pandemic still. Um, family dynamics a little weird. Kids aren't sleeping very well. So family life is busy. Work life is busy. But trying my best to uh, keep reading some books. Rich keeps uh, giving me stacks and stacks of books to read. So to echo Mark, I uh, picked up volume one. Sunday. Um, I'm, I think I'm through the halfway through the second issue. I do have to say, I think that'll be a con quest. Like I yeah. want to get the individual issues of that at a con. Yeah. Scott's you usually know, there too. So you can probably get a signature on it or something. Yeah. I was just thinking that as I was reading, I'm like, oh boy, once all this pandemic stuff is over, I, I hope that we get a chance to meet him at a con so he can sign all my material because I just, I'm going to bring the whole bag. I'm going to bring my mask, the box that the mask came in, my volumes one and two, you know, Greg's book. I'm going to bring it all because I just, man, the story has really captivated me. I've just, I've never felt this way about a Batman story and I just can't wait to continue reading it. And I think it's just, again, it's such a great story and it's such so mysterious and 
it's just so awesome. I agree. I um I was really enjoying Greg's book, and then because I think I said it before, it reads kind of like a Dan Brown, like Da Vinci Code, yeah. Angels and Demons type book. Um, because I like how it seemed well researched, right? It was like he was adding the architecture of Gotham in there, and you know, going into the history and. Yeah, you can definitely tell he did the research that he referred to when we talked to him. Right. So I think to do his book justice is why, you know, I kind of stopped and then uh, wanted to read it in the right order to get more out of the story. And then also, I think I mentioned I picked up Mad Love. I convinced Dr. Doug to pick that up as well. Yeah, you I don't think uh, he's opened it yet. I haven't either, but we got to get him on the show again to to debut to debrief about that book I've, sure. uh, i think i'm about halfway now so i've been trying to balance the stack of bl- a stack of floppies that i gotta go through and then uh you know usually before i go to bed i read a chapter of it or so but it, it hasn't it's good don't get me wrong it's not uh it doesn't have and this is no fault to who the hell wrote that paul dini is that who wrote it yeah he co-authored yes. it you know, not not a slight against him, but uh, Greg has that ability to almost like a James Patterson. You just short chapters and you just want to keep reading. I'll just do one more. I'll just do one more. But uh, it's so far, it's good. Um, Actually, Becky is reading that. She, she opened that up this weekend. She's like, I think I'll check that out. So I might nice. be talking to my wife about some Harley Quinn. Nice. So speaking of cons that you brought up i know this is from hmm. well, hold on what what what's going on with you rich uh not much the kids go back to school after being off for six months tomorrow um they're doing kind of a hybrid type thing where they go to school on mondays and tuesdays and then they're home wednesday through friday so i'll get back to having the house to myself on monday and tuesday but I'll have to take them to school and pick them up from school because um, we're not going to use the bus right now. But, you know, uh, Kim's going to continue to work from home the latter half of the week. So, uh, you know, I'll pray for her juggling work and trying to get them focused on schoolwork is going to be a different dynamic for sure. But other than that, man, it's been 100% trying to focus on reading some comics and working on making our show better and that's about it so con what we're saying speaking of con uh this was back in august uh like we're not in august still but august 11th it was the new york city comic con email that you know i'll just read a quick thing here while we'd much rather be giving you an update today on badges going on sale, it is likely comes as no surprise that New York Comic Con 2020 physically event, physical event at the Javits Center will not be able to run as intended. <sighs> we are very sincerely appreciate your patience as we're, we worked with the Javits and local officials to figure out what, if anything, could go on as planned this October. NYCC doesn't stop just because we can't do what we've done in the past. Instead, we look to the future. We may not be meeting in queue halls each morning, but we're excited to join forces with our sister event, MCM uh, Comic-Con in London, to bring you New York City Comics Metaverse, our new online portal dedicated to developing pop culture experiences right into your homes, NYCC weekend, October 8th through 11th. We are partnering with YouTube to bring it to life four days of incredible content from the biggest studios, publishers, and creators in the business. 
This is your chance to interact with your favorite creators, celebrity guests, and most importantly, the opportunity to engage with other members of this vibrant community of ours. Our guest announcements, exhibit profiles, and other information will be available. So it looks like NYCC is going to follow suit with what San Diego did and move it all online because that's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Guys, we knew this was going to happen. Yep, we talked about it with Mike and Ming. It's going to be – they weren't going to be able to do it, man. There's going to be – they were waiting on the officials to give them the red light to stop it and get their – you know, their, what, their contract insurance money or whatever. It's a bummer. Mark, I heard you were over there by the Javits Center the other day taking a walk. What's going on over there? <laughs> it's all just completely different. You know, there's lots of hotels and condominiums and lots of construction going on. So it's a completely different site from when we were there two years ago. So it looks a lot different. So I remember there were several buildings by that were under construction. I'm assuming yeah. it wasn't done. They're just adding more. Yes. It's all built up now. So it's kind of sad because it's just the skyline is taking up everything. It's, you know, every kind of piece of square inch of land that they get, it's built upon. So, but it'll be interesting to see its final product. But the Jefferson is still there and I can't wait for Comic-Con next year. So we have that to look forward to. Right. How, so, is, uh, how is the city, Mark? Um, the same. Things are still, oh, it's so funny because this Friday... The 28th, New Mutants comes out, and I saw a commercial for it today on television. I'm like, oh boy, that's great. I can't decide. I was thinking about, because I like to try different movie theaters in the city, and I was thinking, boy, I'll go to the Lincoln Center on the Upper West Side. I'm like, oh, wait a second. Can't do it because all the theaters in the city are closed. But I checked. They're still closed down, but they're open in Ohio because I put in the zip code. Four three two two nine, and it all all the theaters are open. But here in the in the city, they're all closed. So I don't know when I'll get a chance to see New Mutants. Things are still things are still the same. Um, yeah, things are still the same, and uh, oh. comic stores are open. So I was happy. Keep about washing that. your hands and wearing your mask, man. I am. I feel like we've been saying that for twenty five million episodes by now. Yeah, but you know, you know, this weekend we had some great news with DC. You know, some great oh my god, exciting the fandom just blew my dome apart, man. Man, this weekend was really DC. Uh, I'm full. Know, I'm full. I'm full. It was like a Thanksgiving for my mind. It, I'm oh, full. do we want to before we get into all that good good stuff? Do we want to talk about the other shit that went on with DC like the week before? Sure. Sure. They laid off like 20% of their staff, maybe even more than that. Sad. Yeah. Longtime editor gone. I think the only name that I, Jim Lee's still there. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, they cut a lot of people and then uh, kind of just cover up the negative. Then they went into this pretty epic, awesome weekend DC fandom. Yeah. So uh, I think. Do we have anything else to talk talk about before we break apart all the cool shit that came down last this weekend? I'm good. Let's dive in. Let's dive in. All right. So I did my best to tune in to a lot of these things. Obviously, you know, I work on Saturdays um, and I was trying to tune in while I was trying to do work. The biggest, uh, one of the, the panel that I checked into was the Wonder Woman panel. Um, yep. Patty Jenkins was running it and was kind of just hosting the panel and talking to all the actors and stuff like that. I didn't really get to see a whole lot of it, uh, but I did catch the preview after the panel. So 
let's just talk about that real quick because I know we said a few episodes back, man, I don't want to see Christian Wig in a, a cheetah-patterned outfit. Like, I want the full-on cheetah. And God damn it, we're getting the full-on cheetah. She we're looked amazing. She, she looked awesome. It's so funny because I remember in an earlier episode, I think I said that I think they're just going to make her give her cheetah-like powers because I don't know how. I don't want it to look too CGI-ish, you know what I'm saying? And so I thought they were just going to like put her in some cheetah print and just like give her some cheetah powers and just keep her in a human form. But no, I was blown away. Her That cheetah preview, that trailer looked incredible. She was well, awesome. It was it was almost like she progressed, right? Like initially when they face off, she's not quite all the way there. And right. then yeah. right. she's like, what the hell did you do? And I was like, wow, oh, this is pretty sweet. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny because Cheetah is a classic Wonder Woman villain. That's her, like her number one main villain. And they totally brought her to life. And Kristen Wiig, I always saw her in a comedic light, but man, she looks really awesome and serious and just gives a from what i can see gives a really awesome solid darker performance yeah well and i think that uh going into it like the whole mystery behind it was a are we going to get the real cheetah is it going to be for real well now it is what's the deal with steve steven trevor like we already know that there's some mystery surrounding that character because obviously he was dead but like I got to be some time travel stuff I, here, man. That or it's got to be Maxwell Lord and whatever, like in that opening shot where the helicopter was coming in by that giant satellite, he's got to have some kind of, what is it, magical wishing stone power or whatever. So she has to make some kind of wish where she wants Steven Trevor back. And that's how he comes back. So, or who, who knows? He's a shapeshifter or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> I don't sky, know. Sky's I, the limit. Just Patty, for me. Patty Jenkins is incredible. I mean, just from that trailer, and plus the first one, the first Wonder Woman was excellent. But man, she's a great director, dude. And to think about, we should have seen this movie what almost two months ago. Yeah. If we wouldn't be in the situation we're in, uh, hopefully it's supposed to what hit theaters October second. So hopefully, yeah. you know, we'll be able to to go there and view it. I'll. I'll buy a whole row in the theater just to go see it if I have to but I really again to get back to Chris Pine I, I'm glad that you know he's back I think they nailed the humor the mixture of like genuine humor between his character and hers like their chemistry was just on point and I do think that strengthened the original you know and I think that I, I don't want to get too much into the DC comparing to Marvel, but I do think something that Wonder Woman had that a lot of the other DC movies didn't was a good, genuine mixture of humor and drama, right? It wasn't campy. It wasn't over the top. I thought that it was a good, solid mixture of humor meets some of that drama that I think has been lacking in some of the DC films. And I'm glad that he's back. I I like to compare her performance in BBS and then obviously her performance in Wonder Woman, the first one. And you can definitely tell her immaturity, her vibrant spirit to get out there and solve the war. And like you can Mm -hmm. just see how she had evolved, even though we saw her in BBS first, like what the world's weight did to her. Yeah. And I felt like the the genuine love and affection and humor came out between her and Chris Pine's character, Stephen Trevor. Like that was the shining star of the movie that glued it all together. 
and it was just like her childish ambition to go and do these things but then she realizes it by the end that it's not going to be as easy as she thought she's matured right but just to see like a, a a massive transformation just in one movie and it was like you already saw the product of it before that movie came out in bbs so yeah. i think she's a perfect wonder woman i thought one of the cool things that i know you guys didn't see the panel but linda carter stopped by on the panel like nice that was pretty cool wow yeah so i almost wish they could fit her in the movie somewhere <laughs> Well, we don't know. We just saw the trailer, right? So you nope. never know. Yeah. I mean, we're Stanley speaking... up in there. Like yeah. I mean, Stanley look, type deal. look how look how much we're we're talking about just the trailer alone. Wait till we see the actual movie. Can you imagine? And it's so funny. I'm so glad that they chose Maxwell Lord because he's kind of like a like a second tier Lex Luthor ish kind of yeah. vibe. Yeah. And you know, he's been around a long time. He's actually been around so long that he was in he was in a few episodes of justice league unlimited. Yeah. So he's been around a long time. So again, he's like that second tier kind of Lex Luthorish kind of villain. So I'm glad that they they're giving him some uh, screen time. So that's exciting. Let's so guys, piggyback. Hold on a second. Let's piggyback off of this because um, when I said Linda Carter, so we already know that Michael Keaton is going to be in the flash movie. So the other big news that came out is Ben Affleck is confirmed to be in the flash movie as Batman. So Ben Affleck is back yep, and going to be in the Flashpoint. Who's to say that Linda Carter can't be in the DC multiverse? Like she could be Wonder Woman again. If we're going to let Michael Keaton be Batman again, I think, I I know Mark, you have your reservations about this multiverse and where it could be kind of confusing, but I'm just like, fuck it. Throw the kitchen sink at this thing, man. Like, get everybody back, man. I mean, I pr- and, and I'm sure that if we're talking about it, I'm sure somebody has mentioned it, but it also comes down to money because I oh think that They'll these make people, so much money, dude. Come well, on. it's true, but they also have to pay these people also. I think that, you know what I'm saying? I, I mean, because I, as you were talking about Linda Carter, I was thinking about why not bring Jack Nicholson back as the Joker, but that they... <laughs> You'd have to have to pay half the money. <laughs> you'd have to give him the entire movie's budget to get doesn't him to he do it. get doesn't he didn't he sign for royalties for eighty nine yeah, Jack's a smart guy um yeah, so once again, we could see another movie we are gonna see another movie with Ben Affleck as Batman, which I can't be more happy about that, like come on, man, I'm just really stoked because. I mean, I think we talked about this when we interviewed Ridgeway. Michael Keaton is still like my top guy. And I remember, I remember we were in fifth grade, Rich, when it kind of came down that he wasn't going to be Batman again. And I was really upset, like really upset. And it's like this many years later, in some rendition, he gets to reclaim that role. And I just think that's freaking amazing. And I don't, you know, I just, I'm, I'm a little schoolboy again thinking about that because i mean he's just he nailed that and i mean i could probably still watch batman return i mean all he's got to do is show up with a bat suit and say i'm batman and it's well and here's my question though (laughs) with this movie aren't there some um discussions that this takes place after Batman returns and is completely separate from the Schumacher films. I, I don't know, dude. They could do whatever they want. It's a multiverse. It's a different Let's time. hope so. I mean it, Well yeah. because they're like he's marrying social light 
Selena Kyle. And it like plays on the end of Batman Returns and it's like completely All I can say is I know it's not gonna I, I um the Matt Reeves Batman movie is not gonna be in continuity it's, or yeah. alignment with this flash. Correct. Correct. So let's talk Suicide Squad, man. Holy shit. That looks amazing. Like I watched that whole panel. James Gunn had like a Brady Bunch like Q and A uh, game show with all the cast. I mean, that that movie's got like fifty people in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I personally, I, I wasn't a big fan of the first one. I thought it was a great idea, I but I wasn't think a fan. This is gonna have anything to do with the first one? Is what I got from it. So we'll, you know, we'll see. All ties, and I think James Gunn is definitely the perfect choice to direct and be a part of this project because he referred to the original comics by I think Ulstrander or whatever his name is. But I mean, if they, if they do, then that if they can tap some you know source material, that'd be great, you know. But I think you know it does look like a lot is going to be going on in this movie. I wasn't particularly from the behind the scenes footage that they showed. I wasn't particularly moved by anything, but I'm open minded and I will go see it. I'll check it out. I didn't check. I didn't um, follow the panel of that one too much. I wasn't so John Ostrander. The Suicide Squad is a fictional supervillain team appearing in America's comic book published by DC Comics. The first version of the Suicide Squad debuted in The Brave and the Bold, number 25, September 1959. Mm. So he read the comics originally, so he's invested in some of the quirky villains. I just, I don't know, man. I walked away, like, I checked into it, and I was like, eh, I'll give it a shot. But, like, just listening to James Gunn go over, like, the fact that he's saying that it's one of the biggest movies he's ever worked on, and there's more special effects in this movie than all other superhero movies combined. What? Mm. What? What? That's saying a lot. So, there's a lot of, uh, what it's, it's supposed to be like a 1970s war flick. So, it's going to have that 70s gritty, almost like... Joker. I don't know, Joker, maybe. So I read there's rumors out there that the main villain in this movie is Starro. Interesting. So if that's legit, then that would justify him saying that this movie has more special effects than any other. Could you imagine we're going to see fucking starfish on people's faces? Come on. I don't know if I want that kind of villain. Oh, come on. Mind control? Fuck. Yeah, but I would want them, I would want that villain to fight a, a better group of people i don't know if i want that it's a well-known villain on the suicide squad i don't know well again i'm open-minded open-minded i don't know dude it looks it looks pretty sweet i'll give it a shot it's uh far as i know it has nothing to do with david ayer's suicide squad so i think the only what captain boomerang margot robbie are those the only two people coming back from the original well rick uh What's his name? Rick Fla- Flair, Flag, Rick Flair. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Homage to uh, Sean Patterson. <laughs> Woo! Uh, yeah, I don't know, dude. It, it looks it looks pretty sweet. So, Rich, I might have to uh, invest in some Xbox Live membership to uh, play uh, some Batman with you. Gotham Knights, and so funny because oh I've God, never been yeah. I've never been a gamer. But boy, that looks really, I'd be into that. I tuned into that one also. And they showed 
like inner game play. It wasn't just the preview. They showed the inner game play. And I, by the preview, it doesn't, it looks like uh Batgirl has like her, you know, light purple, more like, yeah. you know, new 52 slash rebirth costume. But no, dude, like in the game, she's in like her badass armored up, armored up black yellow costume and i'm telling you right now it gave me flashbacks from the rise of sinzu that we played on playstation 2 where you yep. team up and you can do combo moves yep it looks f- phenomenal i mean it's like the only video game that becky and i play together she's like i'm just pushing buttons i'm like well whatever you did it's great because you just flipped them over your back and i kicked them midair so and the preview <laughs> like after watching the preview and if you shut it off too early you don't see that it's the court of owls like i know what I'm mark might go it. buy an xbox this weekend i'm here for it <laughs> Although they did get the ending where they were quoting the child's what is it the nursery rhyme type of thing they changed yeah. the ending to that in the in the game preview so go check that out brother tweaking some stuff little kids because yeah they tweaked it yeah it reminds me of some of the you know the Arkham stuff the Arkham franchise which I have oh man I love that franchise if I didn't have kids I probably would immerse myself in that's that. That still had uh, uh, Kevin Conroy speaking. Conroy and Hamill, yeah. Gotham Knight was a little different, um, but yeah. So, and I know this one's this one's not Rocksteady, is it? This one's uh, Warner Brothers. I believe, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's Warner Media. It just has a similar feel to the uh, Arkham ones. So. Yeah, it looks dope, man. Yeah, it looks good. Well, let's down the Batman train. The oh boy! About oh. oh boy! I will tell you a few things that stood out for me. I will tell you, they are late to the game. With uh, they should have casted Jeffrey Wright years ago. He looked excellent as Commissioner Gordon. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness! Yeah, dude. He looked excellent as Commissioner Gordon, and I liked the Catwoman. She, even though it was dark in that small clip, Zoe Kravitz is excellent. She looked excellent. She looked. She did. She just did great i thought um who else i thought uh, when they showed clips of robert pattinson as bruce wayne he looked a little emo he looked a little goth he looked a little emo so that part was like mm, i don't know because bruce wayne for me is that bit of a clean cut playboyish. so maybe they'll shine some light on that but i thought everybody looked awesome i liked the look of the batmobile i liked um i i'm thinking how they'll do riddler looks a little bit hush like yeah yeah, yeah. it looks freaking creepy as shit, man. He almost looks like a Talon with the goofy looking goggles or whatever. Yeah, and I like how they, you know, previous Batmans, for example, Tim Burton's Batman, they they scored the movie, but this one they use. I think that's a Nirvana track. Yeah, it's Dude. like the number one. It's like in the top ten on iTunes right now. Well, that, that preview dropped. <laughs> I mean, I, it matched Something's the scenes. The it matched the scenes perfectly. Well, dude, I'm getting like a Nightmare on Elm Street vibe from it. It's like, it, it's a it's much darker a... Riddler than Jim Carrey yeah. and Frank Gorshin's, much for well, sure. And something that's a little less known, I've been watching some of the other um, sources, and they said kind of the hidden villain in the preview, and they've confirmed that it actually is Colin Farrell as Penguin. But they're yeah. thinking he's not going to be that main villain. But they've confirmed that it's him. It does not look a damn thing like him. But yeah. they're maybe planting some seeds. Um, let's go back to 
uh, Catwoman. Like, I feel like, the, and you said he looks so emo, emo, emo. <laughs> yeah, let's get some boots. Um, I think that this is like what year? I don't know, year two of Batman. So it's like all these people Early are coming on. out, and it's like you could tell that Selena's like this made her costume. It's got a you know a, a amateur feel to it. Obviously, Bruce has all the money to create this costume. I've really I know people were talking shit about the cow. Like I like it. I think it it does have that daredevil netflix type feel to it which i dig and i never thought i'd like the big ears again but i do i just think that man that that gritty like 70s thing works so well on the joker like i'm getting that type of feel with this one where it's just real amateur and raw and they're just trying to figure they're trying to figure out who they are like you said like colin farrell's supposed to be the penguin but he's not he's not the penguin yet so it's like are these villains gonna be they're going to be set in their infancy stage where they're still trying to figure out how Batman antagonizes them to become these giant and like the Riddler, he could just be this, this he's obviously he's got the, the riddles, but like he doesn't have, he doesn't have to have this flashy bright green persona with a costume that you would recognize. Like, I like that. It's like, don't stick to the status quo like come up with something gritty and I, I i'm digging it man and the batmobile looks dope as shit so a couple of things i will say based on the preview again i wasn't thrilled with pattinson being cast um i think he deserves a chance but i gotta be straight with you guys he looks like a solid nightwing <laughs> like he just looks really? like a solid nightwing like that last like frame where he's got the cowl off but he's got the um, eye shadow on i was like dude he looks like dick crazy mm. and i know it's like he's like the 30 something younger getting rolling batman i just I, and i'm i'm excited and i will see it regardless of who's you know playing the character it just it rang nightwing-ish to me a little bit i don't know what you guys think I'm digging it. I, I like it. I like that it's like, I don't know. Like, I think we're going to figure out how Bruce, like maybe he's not having success at this and it's just driving him up the wall. Like people, uh, clearly the, he's not stoking fear in the villains on the street. Cause they're like, oh, what the, who the hell are you supposed to be? Like, mm-hmm. so he's not getting that. So I don't know. Maybe we're going to go through obviously the transformation of him like grinding it out like why aren't they afraid of me like this is really getting to me it's not working and then right we'll see him kind of go full circle and become the dark knight i don't know well like, so the the scene that really confirmed for me that this is not a chris nolan batman which is refreshing right because i think as they've tried to recreate that in many ways it's really hurt dc universe cinematic it reminds me of dude like the Arkham games when he beat the hell out of that criminal. And I was just like, man, it's like a combo move. Like he's just, you know, punching. And I was like, he's just like, he's beating the shit out of the dude after he's already got him on the ground. So it's almost like he's pissed that he's got to explain to them that he's the Batman. And then it's at like the same time. It's like, you could see him taking it out. Like I'm vengeance. Damn it. Like you don't understand. (laughs) 
It's like right. I think it was a classic. I feel like it was a cla- it was a classic Batman fight scene. Yeah. I, I I thought that looked very authentic to what we know of Batman and what he can do. I thought that was sure. pretty solid. Well, and I think you're onto something, Rich, where it's like maybe this isn't working out, and he's trying to find like how do I do this effectively? Because I'm I'm not too fond of the I'm vengeance line. So maybe he doesn't quite know who he is as that as the batman yet you know like he he has some clear like lines that he doesn't cross but maybe he's still trying to figure out that identity and develop it more most effectively right so i i the only other thing i'll say besides i love the music i love the car the car's got like some 80s vibe going on that i really like it's kind of nice to get back to just like a a regular vehicle. I almost <laughs> thought it looked like a 60s muscle car or some shit. A little bit. A little bit. It had a little bit of that Jason Todd steel on the tire vibe a little bit, I, I thought. Yeah. Um, I, I'm i most excited to just figure out what they're doing with this fresh start. I'm just really excited to see, just immerse myself in a fresh Batman story. Because it's been a while, if you think about it. Well, and I hope what we've talked about on here before is I hope it's going to be a detective story which clearly he's yeah. trying to solve a series of murders and hopefully he can use that that detective aspect that i think has been severely lacking from any modern batman story to be honest i'd agree i'd agree which yeah. i think was a clear mischaracterization and a clear miss from Zack snyder's work to the point where bruce wouldn't be duped by some stupid lex Luthor plot to trick right. him into hating superman I think it's that one was, of the, that was the only things problem I didn't like I about had. Batman v Superman. Yeah. So, should we go into that discussion? Because, hallelujah, we got some Snyder Cut preview. It felt very much, and I can tell it's like Zach, that it felt very much like a Watchmen trailer. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. It felt well, very much like a Watchmen. He pulled the song out, man. He pulled the song out of them screwing an Archie. I mean, it felt very much like Watchmen. Um, I think that this is almost going to be like a completely different Justice League than Josh Whedon's. It was much darker. It seemed, from what we can tell, from what I can tell, it seemed much more detail-oriented. We got backstories to Cyborg, which we didn't get in Josh Whedon's version. Again, I think this is a darker, more detail-oriented version. Um, I think he said we're going to get it in one-hour installments at first, and at the end, he's going to do it in a four-hour... Four hours. Chunk. Boom. And then I, I, I'm excited about it. I'm totally excited about it. And I watched the interviews that he did with the cast. And I could tell Ray Fisher was like all about it. He seemed a lot more excited yep. now that this is coming out. So, and plus with his comments that he's been making lately and everything that's been going on with uh, him. Speaking of that, did you hear that Warner Brothers has launched a third party investigation into that? Yeah. So maybe this just wasn't an upset one person actor, you know, one person upset with how things went. There's an investigation going on. So maybe there is a lot to what he said and that, that went on that we didn't see and then went on on set. So well, I'm, I think he had he's mentioned it happy with that. You know, as we talked about that with Mike and Ming several weeks back you know mark you've been sending me stuff on the gram about it and it sounds like you know you still question the timing it's like you know is it just coincidence that you're coming out with these allegations so close to you know the snyder cut being like communicated that it's coming out but you know his word is it's taken this long to you know mount a case um 
So, I mean, looks like we need to hear him out. See what's well, going on. not a whole lot of people came out against Harvey Weinstein overnight either. I mean, that's right. trying to build that. Well, I'm not saying that Josh Whedon is on the same level as Harvey, but any form of – It's powerful people in powerful power positions. It's shouldn't easier be to tall, maybe hide. Right? Yeah. yeah. Karma is a bear of a thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, Mark, what was your favorite thing about the Snyder Cut preview? I would probably say um, Cyborg's the the football scene. Okay. Just that scene because we he was a football star, you know. And we're gonna we, hopefully I trust that we'll get the chance to see his backstory no, and how the relationship. Hours, the, I'm sure we're gonna get even more than we thought we'd get. The relationship he had with his father and how dysfunctional it was. Well, we all saw he, that and, his father dies. <laughs> you know, yeah, that part. That that I would I can't wait to see that part. I can't wait to that. That was probably my favorite. So it was definitely Aquaman taking his shirt off. No, I'm just fucking. <laughs> Um, for me, it was, I was reminded of, oh, I can't remember which, uh, I know we've talked about this on previous episodes, the Prometheus early on in our early episodes, the new lineup cover of the JLA where it had all their faces. I love how they panned out and all of them are lined up, getting ready to board the, the shuttle there. Yeah. It was like, I, I don't know. That was definitely a pretty moving scene. But I think more uh, broadly, clearly these are not reshoots. I think the content that made up this preview just proves that we were robbed of a completely different cinematic experience three years ago. Yep completely robbed of it like and i get it dude i get i get that the production house has to make legit cuts you just it just has to part of the process it has to happen and zach always shoots a lot of stuff and sometimes i think it just you have to hit a time frame in order to sell theater space and tickets and whatever butts in the seats like i get it i think they made a mistake with the cuts they made in bvs just that extra, what, 25, 30 minutes or whatever they cut out of it completely erased recognizing the the little details that you needed to understand. Um, right. So I just think that this is perfect for, this is perfect for Zach's way of telling stories, whether that's good or bad. I think a four hour, we're going to get the whole kitchen sink and we're not going to have to worry about, well, there, I don't think we're going to have all these unanswered questions that we're left with when we obviously saw Josh Whedon's Justice League. Like, well, what the fuck? I was pissed as shit when they opened that coffin and he was in there. I was like, this is no, 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 this is wrong. <laughs> um, so to, to, to backtrack, my favorite part, I've got two. The whole hallelujah music starts and there's fucking dark side mm-hmm. like that's how you opened your trailer that just like shut any doubt down that that guy was in the movie like usually that's a that's a money shot that you save at the end to go up oh, i guess i'm gonna have to go see it because did you see that very end of that trailer no hallelujah he opened it with dark side and the black suit man the mm-hmm. black suit dude like he walking through whatever the Kryptonian sh- uh, ship or wherever he was walking in, like, I'm like, the black suit, it's there. 
it probably won't even be in the blue suit at all <laughs> from what it looks like. Maybe not. I'm not saying get rid of the blue suit altogether, but, you know, I don't know, dude. I'm beyond stoked about it. I guess more of an industry, like, point I want to make. You know, there's people that hate, that are hating on this, and they'll continue to hate on this. Um, most of that's, you know, they have their reasons, whatever. I just wonder if we can look at this from a creative standpoint and a pure fan standpoint. I really think the Snyder Cut on HBO Max really opens up more possibilities on how these comic book stories can be told, right? It's kind of like a little bit of um, Marvel's Netflix stuff, the DC, DC Universe app stuff, the Arrowverse stuff, and the the theater release movies, all packed into one. Like, you know, like, let's tell several movies back to back and then, like, combine it all together. Like, I think this just provides a new... Because it's not just a director's cut. This is not just a director's cut. I think it's just, I'm, I'm excited, you know, at the possibilities of what this does for fans and how we can, you know, enjoy different mediums of the comic characters that we love. So I'm, that's probably what I'm most excited is because I don't think anything has been done like this. No, and I think you're right. Like, um, I here's my thing. I would love to see which we we touched on this I believe before. Like I want to see those Netflix Marvel characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, that would be cool. Obviously what Charlie Cox Daredevil is supposedly going to be in the new Spider-Man movie from, you know, past rumors. Like but why isn't that possible? You know what I mean? Like Ezra Miller was on The Crisis on Infinite Earths like they did it for the DC uh, WB shows, but it's like, I just, I think we should just be allowed to have like those possibilities be reality. And I think that DC finally woke up and said, you know what? We got a multiverse. We can do that. It doesn't matter. This is a TV line universe. This is the movie theater line universe. This is like the past movie. Like, let's just put everybody like, why not? Cause people aren't going to go see it, man. They're going to see it. And I, I just think that finally, like, throw the formulas away, throw the, you know, throw the outline that it has to be this rigid process. Like, no, it doesn't. Like, write good shit and have it really, really done well. And people will go see it. Yep. Let Zack Snyder tell his story. Let all these writers that are, are getting paid to write good content, let them tell their stories. Like, stop dictating what can and cannot happen like the sky's the limit man we're talking about fantasy here for for shit's sakes you know what i mean like just get out of the way like the biggest miss the absolute biggest miss from the justice league theater theater cut release whatever was the marketing campaign that superman wasn't in the movie yeah the movie posters didn't even have him on it like we all know okay he's dead he died at the end of this movie we understand but we all know he was supposed to be in the fucking movie. So you ran this whole campaign about being united, but then you ran this other half-ass campaign about how, ah, let's just not even put him on the marketing. You're an idiot. Stupid. Well, and if you think about it, though, that marketing campaign matches Whedon's movie because Superman's not in it until the end. Boo. Big time boo. Like, big, like, 
Superman is the anchor to Snyder's vision. I mean, it just made me think, like, although Josh Whedon stepped in to do reshoots and finish it, couldn't he have called? Didn't Zack Snyder have some Zack Snyder? Didn't he have some notes? You I know honestly, what I'm saying? I, like, don't, I, I know he went through a personal tragedy, and I know that neither he nor the studio will – he was fired. That's my honest-to-God opinion. They were not happy with – it wasn't – all farts, fart jokes and laughing and light, light, lighted up, you know, cracking Marvel jokes. Like, Booyah. I don't think I, yeah, I, they weren't happy with it. And I honestly think that granted he did have a family tragedy and I, I honestly think he was fired and they didn't, they used what less than 20% of his footage on the theatrical release. Like that's true. And you can tell. Um, another thing, while we're still talking about this, is I almost teared up because when Zach was doing the panel before he released the preview, he had two of the people that were really, really um, involved in the hashtag release the Snyder Cut. It yeah. Was, it was this chick from China. Yeah, I saw that. And she was just you know, gushing at the opportunity to talk to him and was really, really loves his movies, really loved his vision and just the exchange between her and him and how she really wanted to see it. And they just kept pushing. And then they had the, uh, the other guy, what was, he was like a, um, he lived in the States. It was like a middle-aged black guy that had four kids or something. Yeah. And he was responsible for that. And I know Zach invited both of them to some director's, uh, event or something and they got to meet and stuff like that but it was just really cool that he really wanted to say thank you to the people that kept it alive I mean they they raised a shit ton of money for um, suicide prevention and they and they always seemed to take it up a notch every single time like San Diego or New York was coming like they always took out an airplane <laughs> with an oh, airplane boy. sign and a billboard in Times Square how much does that cost Mark? <laughs> A crap ton. A few dollars there. A few dollars. So I just, I don't know, man. I know that there's a lot of people that are annoyed by this and a lot of mainstream people that don't see this as a positive and want to take this as fans behaving badly. And I, I honestly don't look at it like that. And after talking to who we've talked to on this show about storytelling and letting it be the forefront of the media, like, this is a perfect result and I'm glad it, it paid off. Like I was talking to uh, Jake Waiton texted me the other day after all the previews came out. He said, I remember when I worked with you and this was like your biggest dream. And I, it was like a million to one shot that this would come out. And I'm really happy that you finally get to see the movie that you wanted to see. I'm like, exactly. I'm not the only one shit. Mm -hmm. I remember walking out justice league. And you look like you had just been kicked in the balls for two and a half hours constantly. Hell, it wasn't two and a half hours. I wish it. <laughs> like you were, it was almost like a relationship died or something. Like you were pissed and we'd like went out for drinks or something afterwards. And there was just no consoling you. You were like grieving the movie that you would have. Well, dude, like see. I waited forever for that. Yeah. I wanted to ignore the trolls online that, that just hate anything DCEU, which they do have their flaws. I'm not just a motionless, you know, fanboy that's not going to critique it. 
Um, I, some of the critiques I don't agree with and like it's, it, it, but that all comes down to style. But like, I wanted to believe that this movie was going to be what Zach envisioned it. And it walked out of that man. And you're right. It felt like I got kicked in the nuts. And I'm like, all I could say was, I guess that was fun. I, that was it. <laughs> nope. nope. No, I think you were like, at least I got a cool t-shirt. <laughs> at least I got a nice Marcus Cinema Justice League mug. <laughs> yep. You know, I, I'm just glad that it just, you know, this speaks to the power of the people. Yeah, absolutely. It speaks to Zack Snyder's talent and his yep. direction. So I think that, you know, I'm just glad that we got it. It's like how with Young Justice, remember season three, the people spoke and we got it, you know? And also, just to slightly change the subject, there's going to be a Young Justice season four. Nice. So that's exciting. There's going to be a Titan season three. And apparently there's going to be, in season three, there's going to be Batgirl and the villain, Barbara Gordon's going to be in it. I don't think she's going to be, they, I was reading an article where she's not going to be in her Batgirl costume, but because they're saying that she's going to be commissioner at this point. But also, they're going to have Scarecrow nice. in Titans. So nice. that's Sweet. another piece of what I got from DC fandom this weekend. Heck yeah, man. So you guys got anything else to say about it? No, just that it was great. And I just can't wait to see what else they do. do we I want- think I've, I've like moved into the phase of reading articles and watching some different reviews since I'm so full. So I'll probably continue to kind of watch and read some stuff. Um, you know, kind of after the fact as we get a little bit more time, but I'm, it was pretty exciting. Do we want to, uh, somebody want to pull up Facebook and kind of go over some of the comments that, uh, have been thrown around on our site, our site, our page. Certainly. I know we've had a few comments and stuff. Yeah. We've, we've got some haters out there. Uh, (coughs) Ridgeway. (laughs) That was on my timeline. That wasn't even on our Dude, I hate the way this page looks. It looks fucking awful. Oh, the new Facebook? Just when I go to our page, it looks fucking awful. <laughs> Just edit this out. Just fucking awful. Like, it's fucking awful. Busy and bullshit. It's different like, when it's like a business Facebook page. I, I completely agree, and it's page. fucking awful. Uh, I know Antoine Bush has posted some stuff. We don't have to go. I, into I mean, the, you know, uh, I would love to get to the posts, but I can't fucking see it through all the bullshit. <sighs> all right. So I posted the preview for BBS and Antoine Bush wrote, uh, who you remember from our home base communication. My only concern is I hope that it doesn't start a trend of let's release a movie. Then a year or more later, Hey, look, the quote unquote true version of this movie. I honestly wish they had started over once Snyder dropped out the first time, but I'm going to be optimistic and hope it's good. And I said, I get that point of view. This feels different to me. We knew the minute we walked out after seeing Justice League, something was off. It's pretty awesome and moving to see a group of people and fans stand up and beat the drum for years and years and have it not only pay off, but raise millions of su- millions for suicide prevention. Bush, you are an artist. I would hate to see someone censor or hold back your flow or vision for a quick marketing greedy decision. I don't think we should be worried about more director's cuts coming out. These production companies are worried this is going to be great and they need to let this their visionaries and storytellers do their jobs. He said, I agree with that. With that being said, I'd like to see future comic movies stick closer to the source material. I really hope DC continues going doing the fandom online yearly because this was dope 
and got me excited to see something other than Marvel for a change. And then Dr. Doug. I think, unfortunately, that we're going to continue to see studios meddle and have their way with a production for all the wrong reasons. And then afterward, have their cake and eat it too by also Mm -hmm. then releasing the untampered with version and hype it as the director's intended vision which of course is always which of course it always is but with no mention of acknowledgement that they were the ones preventing that vision in the first place i say this will continue to happen because it's been happening for decades this isn't the first time and it won't be the last overall i'm not complaining for the studios it's about making the extra buck but for me it's about the creator's vision and about us as fans not being robbed of what was supposed to be so over the years i've been so glad to see creative teams get to release something closer to their passionate vision and i said doug where have you been my whole life i feel like we still have so much nerd stuff to catch up on well stated absolutely correct all right so do you have anything any other comments or anything from anybody nope i'm good i'm good I'm full once again. All right, so let's bring it to the who would win segment. We'll wrap this show up. It's been it's like old times, guys. It's like the three of us just hanging out. I know. I'm excited. It's, it's, it's nice. been a while since we haven't had a, a home based communication or a guest or something, man. This is like deja vu. All right, so let's take it to the who would win segment. Rob went first, so Mark, I think it's your turn to pick a matchup while we're still waiting on people to send in their suggestions. So what do you got? Boy, oh boy. Okay. I am going to choose. So we're going to go with Black Canary versus Black Widow. Ooh. Mm. Mm. I say tie. I'm sorry. I say tie. You Logan. can't make a suggestion. You picked a draw? Tie. I picked a draw because, yes, because I know Black Canary has her sonic canary cry, her sonic scream, but man. Mark, I- Mark, do you want your participation trophy and your your congratulations ribbon with this what is this draw yes. nonsense i'm they, just they all can't be winners sir that's the whole point of the that's the whole point of the matchup all right so <laughs> plead your case to, take your case i'm gonna say black widow okay rob i mean this i'm gonna say black widow you're done rob <laughs> so obviously the both very skilled martial artists skilled with uh i think black uh, widow's probably a little bit more skilled with some weaponry but i mean i'm not it might sound like i'm toting the universe line here but i would have to think that you know hand-to-hand combat probably you know pretty solid back and forth but i think with um black canary having her canary cry or is that that's what it's called right mm-hmm. yeah i i think she'd get the drop on her so i think after a long fight, um, Miss uh, Lance and her fishnets would be victorious. Mm. It's all about the fishnets. Mm. Um, I find it how somewhat not similar, but in general, these characters are like they both dated archers. Yeah, um, they got a. They they're got attracted to those the, arrow shooters. Yeah. yeah. Um. I, I will echo what you said about the martial artists. They're trained. I think uh, Natasha is a little bit more trained in martial arts than Diane uh, Lance. Did I say that right? Yeah. Diana. Dina. Dina Lance. I always want to say Diana. She's not Wonder Woman here. Dana. 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 
Um, so obviously she's a trained spy and she knows hand-to-hand combat, multiple weapons. Um, but I got to give it to the metahuman. The metahuman with the sonic canary cry would just disorientate her and I just think would ultimately win. Now, I'm not saying that I don't like Black Widow, um, but I will say this. I always felt like she was the random odd character in the Avengers movie. Like you got Cap with a shield, you got Iron Man in his suit, you got the Hulk, you got Thor with his hammer, and there's Natasha with her Glock 9mm or whatever handgun she had. (laughs) Just seemed off. Not saying she didn't belong there, but I just think that if you're going to go – and it kind of goes back to what we were saying about Robin and Jubilee, man, are you really going to give it to a non – mutant or metahuman to win the fight i just i don't i think that they could have a good hand-to-hand combat but i think natasha would somewhat take her down in that and then in that instant she would immediately go to the canary cry and disorientate her and either win the fight or get away so i'm going with black canary her canary cry she can only use it so much during the fight that's what I'm saying. So I think that she would use it as a reserve. And once she, feel, once she realized that, A, she may not be able to completely take down Black Widow in a, in a hand-to-hand fight, she'd use it and disorientate her. That's just my Knock her out. Yeah. So I know we Any, this- Anything else you want to add on that one, Mark? This is your matchup. Just that I think Black Widow, with her years of training, I mean, this girl's been trained. She's a Russian spy. You know, I, I hands down for me, Black Widow. But does she have a defensive stance to the Canary Cry? Her Widow Sting, we only saw it up in the, for example, in the Avengers, we only saw it up close when she brought it to somebody's neck. But she actually, it actually shoots. It's a project. It's a projectile. It actually shoots out of her cuffs, so she can hit from I would say six or eight feet away. You know, so it, it she has a, it has a little bit of distance. But um, I, I, she does have some weaponry with her, you know. So I, again, it's just my, my vote. She gets my vote. So we had some of our uh, regulars weigh in on this uh, last lady standing here. So Herb, <laughs> Herb is uh, says if Widow got the drop, Canary may be singing a different tune but that's only if there is foul play. Um, Mr. Bush said, Black Canary, hands down. I could just hear him saying that. Black Canary, hands down. Hands down. Uh, we've got David Evans. Uh, while hand-to-hand, Canary would lose. Her powers would give her an edge over Widow. Winner, Black Canary. So something wrong with these people. <laughs> <laughs> This power stuff, that does not mean everything. You know, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Because he lost. And no. this is what Mark sounds like. I didn't lose in my mind. I didn't lose in my mind. Whatever, dude. You were at a draw. That's losing. <laughs> I was trying to be nice. <laughs> I'm going to stop being nice. Take, it's, a take, ma- it's a death match, man. Take Don't the gloves nice. off, man. That's what this friendship was built upon. Throw some haymakers. You know, I'm sorry. Black Canary with that wig, you know, <laughs> Black Widow would snatch that shit off and just like. I can't believe you're talking this much shit about, about your, your birds of prey girl, man. I love her, but 
I mean, I don't I sound am, like love. That don't real. sound like love. But That's I'm a dysfunctional real. shit right it's there. It's real love. That is not love real. Is that love. is real hate. Love is what we are because we are love. <laughs> my love is my, your love. My love is Dead. your love. <laughs> my love is your love. I hate you. <laughs> my love is your love, but you lose. But you lose. All right, Garbage. boys. That was, uh, that was a good episode. That was fun. It was good to be back amongst it was good the, to be back. the two of you guys, mm-hmm. man. So um, until next time, guys, this is Rich. This is Mark. This is Rob. Thanks for uh, hanging out. Um, Go ahead and subscribe. Like us on your podcast uh, software of choice. Um, Hit us up on Facebook. um, Give us a comment. We certainly would like to hear more suggestions of uh, these matchups of the last one standing. So certainly this is like the mecca of comic book nerddom, right? Like who would win in a battle? So, you know, maybe if you're still, you know, licking your chops from DC fandom, you know, come up with some fresh ideas. And again, Rich kind of mentioned this on the last episode. It doesn't have to be just the classic, you know, DC versus Marvel. Like we can broaden this to, you know, sci-fi characters, other comic book uh, publishing houses, characters, and things like that. So the sky's the limit because after all, it's, it's comic books. So thanks for taking the time to listen to us. Uh, hope you're staying safe out there. And until next time. Thank you for listening to this RMR production. Uh, uh, Black, uh, Black Canary wins. <laughs>